Ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages, welcome to the ninth episode of the second season of Dad Newsletter Podcast. With me today, I have two special guests. If y'all remember from season one, I forget which episode, but I was happily interrupted by my oldest daughter. As I remember it, I was working on my podcast and she came to tell me that dinner was ready as she remembers it. She was telling me something about her homework. I'm pretty sure my memory's going to win out because I'm older. But the youngest was so jealous that she wanted to get in on the action. So today, I am going to happily have them both on the podcast here with me to start. Little Miss Masa, it's good to have you on the podcast. Let me ask you this. What do you think about how much your dad loves football? loves have well he loves watching football he loves playing games about football he has a podcast about it and he well i just get he really really loves football how much he watches it plays with it plays about it on on, on the internet and let me ask you this how old are you i'm seven years old awesome i'm in second grade it's great to have you. And for a recurring role as other person that speaks, I would like to introduce Big Miss Massa. What's up? Big, not too much. Uh, it's good to have you back. Uh, how much do you think she was jealous after the first one? Mm, I, don't, I don't really know. It was a long time ago, but... How much, how much fun did you have on the first podcast? Uh-huh. My uh-huh. chance in the spotlight. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And for for the audience's uh, frame of reference, how old ye be? Twelve years old in sixth grade, despite my height. Nice. All right, so this first award, again, we're going to be reviewing the play of September. We're about one-third through the fantasy football season. And the month of September, including week four, uh, We've already had a lot of competition. We've already had a lot of good things happen. And we, we should award that. We should also recognize when mistakes were made. So our first award is going to be the Dum Dum Dodo Award. Little Miss Masa, yes? got a question for you. Yes? If I were to tell you there's a bird called the Dodo, what do you think it would sound like? <laughs> like, a, like a Pokemon. I love it. Yeah. And veteran... Miss Massa, let me ask you this. If we were to give somebody an award for making a bad decision and it was a dum-dum lollipop, should we give them a good flavor because it's an award or should we give them a bad flavor because they should be fighting harder not to make these mistakes in the future? I feel like you could give them a mystery lollipop, but bef- oh. wait, before, you could probably just hit them on the head with it. Oh, I love it. I love it, love it, love <laughs> okay, it. Okay, that's hilarious. All right. So now I'm going to talk about the nominations. Okay, so our first award here, the Dodo Dum Dum Award. There are two competing entries for the number one spot. It's not good. But back in week one, uh, currently Le'Veon Bell, who is now a Kansas City Chief, in week one he was played in the flex while he was a Jet. And across from him on Puckhead's team, McCole Hardman was played in the Kansas City versus Houston game. Now, he was projected to get 10 points, but with only 20 return yards and 6 receiving yards, his 1.45 points locked him into place. Now, I'm pretty sure if he had put him in his wide receiver position, he would have been fine because he would have been allowing pH balance to have a little bit more flexibility, but instead, he locked up that position for the remainder of the week. That probably contributed to his loss although if he even if he had switched out for his best bench player at flex which would have been jk dobbins with 14 points he still wouldn't have beaten jerry and mccaffeinated now in week two correction in week three the thursday night game was between the jacksonville jaguars and the miami dolphins and in that James Robinson, newcomer to the league, totally canned the Dolphins. 
He was expected to get 12 points, but with two scores, 83 receiving yards, 46 rushing yards, 24 points helped uh, Tyler Sawyer T-bone McCaffeinated. Now, I know Jerry was on both sides against on this, so perhaps his, uh, perhaps his input would have been appreciated. But basically, the two nominees are Tyler Sawyer, who played James Robinson, who did a fantastic job and helped him get a dominating win in week three. Or Puckhead's team, where he started McCole Hardman, who clogged up that position, which contributed to his loss against Jerry in week one. Girls? All right, girls. Who gets this year's Dum Dum Award? Tyler Sawyer. Awesome. So we, we all kind of agreed in consensus that starting a running back in your flex position who wasn't anticipated to get very many points, especially when you have a, a running back projected to get more and less in your starting, just doesn't work. Now, it worked out for Tyler. In two ways. One, he won the game that week. And two, he won this award. All right. So we're moving on to the next award. And this one is the Domination Award. Uh, Pulling into the Domination Station, we're looking at the highest scores of the week. In the first week, CFL Johnny, previous uh, league winner, went up against newcomer KWIJIBO, a.k.a. Gator, who's currently in first place with a 4-1 record. And in week one, he started off that domination by winning 159 to 95. And in this week, he had strong performances by Russell Wilson, the 320-yard four-touchdown game, uh, paired with Dalvin Cook, two rushing touchdowns, uh, 50 rushing yards, and a couple of two-point conversions. And, of course, the best tight end of the week, Mark Andrews. This perfectly led into Gator's only loss. Now, he was projected to win in week two, but had the, he faced the highest score of the season when Sean put 191 points down. And KWIJIVO just couldn't keep up with 106. Girls, how do you think he felt after he won the first week? So he probably felt really, really good. And then week two, he does okay, but he gets crushed. How do you think he feels, Eloise? Little Miss Massa. <laughs> well, uh, I think, well, let's cut it up a tiny bit. Well, let's see. He must have felt really good at the first one, but when he got lost the next week, he, he must have still felt a tiny bit glad that he won the other week. He, he made the most of that, but maybe he... He just felt good that he tried and was okay. I love it. Well, let me ask you this. Veteran Miss Massa, this was his only loss of the season. So do you think he kind of took that to heart and then came back super strong every other week? Or do you think he's just a really good player and had a down week this week? Like, do you think this motivated him and pushed him to be tougher? I don't know, because we don't. Maybe something happened in his personal life that could have inspired him. Yes, I'm going there. <laughs> um, but anyways, I think in being a beginner, you just have that sense that you need to make a good rep for yourself, so you can't let one thing drag you down, and that it means he has a good sense of spirit. Ooh, I love that sense of spirit. You know, the reputation of a newcomer, but I also loved that you brought it to his personal life. Like, we all play fantasy football, and we take that home with us. Sometimes we take home with us into fantasy football. In week three, we had Annex Lad with 178 super points against 108 with uh, Javier, who, as you may recall, when I said the first week he won the most, he lost by the most points. Uh, he also lost in this week as well. So I kind of feel bad for Javier because he's facing the toughest schedule. He's facing the toughest, the highest scoring person of the week twice. And it's really hard to win, even if you have the second highest points, if you keep facing the highest point total. Do you think that's a spirit breaker? Do you think that's something that, like, it doesn't matter how good I do, I keep going up against the brick wall. 
Like, how do you think that makes somebody feel? that I surprised her with that question but I'm also going to surprise the veteran and see how she reacts because in week four I'm going to turn it over a different leaf instead of the highest score of the week I'm going to talk about the domination of Tyler Sawyer previously mentioned in the uh, Dum Dum Award y'all might remember him well in week four coincidentally the week that he won his Dum Dum Award he played James Robinson who did a great job but other than that he didn't really get a lot of production out of his bench or out of his team. In fact, his starting quarterback got negative points. That's usually where people make their heyday. So in this week, he scored the least with 64 points on the entire season. So even though Big J had an okay, above average day of 119 points, Tyler Sawyer allowed himself to get dominated. Now, do you think it's fair for him to win two bad awards for one week or should we lay off of him a little bit? What do you think? veteran Miss Massa. Let him have it. Oh, ho, 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 savage. I'm not even sorry. <laughs> so I'll think about that, but those are the four nominations. In week one, KWIJIBO with 160 points over CFL Johnny, 95. Week two, championship bound, Sean over KWIJIBO with his only loss of the season, 191 to 106. Week three, Annex Lad versus Javier, 178.08. And the aforementioned Super Sawyer against Mark, 64 points to 120. So we've conferred and we've decided that the domination award goes to Big J49er Mark, a.k.a. the opponent, the opponent of... All right, Tyler, you've technically won two awards. There's the, the, the Dodo Award, the Dodo Bird Award, and the Got Dominated Award. They go hand in hand. Quit starting people in your flex on Thursday. We're going to jump in to the next award. This is the Intelligent Dolphin Award, or the Dolphin Intelligence. Uh, we had a little trouble deciding between a wise owl and an intelligent dolphin, but this is showing who made the smartest plays. And very simply, if you look at week one, uh, we've had both Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams uh, were the top non-quarterback, non-kicker, non-defense, very important in this league, uh, scores of the week. That was both Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. And I mentioned them both because they were both on Big J 49ers team. 67 Point one points between the two of them, which obvious domination. Obvious, right? Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Now, in week two, the leading scorer was Aaron Jones from Green Bay, the running back, who got 52 points, 22 more points ahead of the second place uh, flex position skill player of Leonard Fournette, played by Mary's Marauders. But then if you look at third place, a measly 29 points. Alvin Kamara was also on Championship Bounds team. So in the first week, we had Big J49er with two of the top two. And in week two, we had Championship Bound with two of the top three. Very strong plays. Championship Bound also had the leading scorer of week three, which is Alvin Kamara with 40 points. Uh, eight points higher than the next best player. And in week four, we had Puckhead with a 40-point player in Joe Mixon. So wise plays. Joe Mixon was going up against Jacksonville. A lot of people thought that they might have returned to defensive form. Uh, Alvin Kamara and Tyler Lockett. I mean, you play Tyler Lockett because you play whoever Russell Wilson feels like throwing it to, and especially that week. Uh, but if you look at week two, Aaron Jones, Green Bay went up against Detroit. And the reason that play was a smart one was because Aaron Rodgers is mad. And he was in his division. 
you don't want to fl- play an angry Aaron Rodgers. And then Josh Jacobs is week one. You don't know if anybody is who we think they're going to be. You know, you hope you draft. I mean, I remember drafting David Johnson week one. He went down with a season-ending injury three years ago. I remember that. You draft, you hope, but you do not get production like what Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams did, and they did it for the same player in Big J 49er. The next award is... The best defense is a good offense, or the best offense is a good defense. You be the deciding factor. If you look at week one, of the top ten defenses, five of them weren't even rostered. Arizona, Cincinnati, New Orleans, Los Angeles, and the number one defense of the week, the Washington football team. Now, the reason that a defense is great, especially in this league, is because we give bonuses to actually performing on the field. Sacks. Tackles for losses, three and outs, fourth down stops, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not that the defense itself is majestic, but when you go up against a bad offense, great things can happen. Just ask whoever rostered the Washington football team week one, which was nobody. Yahoo won that out. Uh, Baltimore was week two, uh, was number two in week one. So Stimulator had technically the highest scoring defense because he rostered them. But the difference was tremendous. It went from 50 points down to 36. Uh, We are one of those leagues where a player can score 50 points and so can the defense. In week two, Johnny started Indianapolis, who at current, you know, you put their offense to the side. Their defense is tremendous. Now, going up against Minnesota and a lot of their injuries is one thing. But then in week three, they went up against the Jets. So same kind of thing. Maybe it's the team you're playing against. But guess what? This is fantasy football. So in week two, Johnny started Indianapolis as the top-scoring defense. They were also the second-highest-scoring defense in week three, uh, second only to Tampa Bay, started by Annex Ladd. And in week four, uh, again, Johnny started the number one defense by playing the Los Angeles Rams against the New York Giants, which is, I love that because Los Angeles has two teams and New York has two teams and he played the right combination on that. Um, So the best offense is a good defense award. Well, after much deliberation, although we had a strong performance from Mark in week one, getting two of the top two players, which is 100% if you do the math, we're going to give this award to... Sean! Awesome. We feel that not only did getting two of the top three players in week two, which gave him more points than both of the top players in week one, but he also got the top player in two different weeks. And that, my friends, is an intelligent play. Now, do you feel we did have to give credit to Puckhead for playing playing against a defense that we kind of figured out who they were and not being afraid of their history, but making a smart move by making a decision on who they were this season? Yeah, I feel if Sean maybe hadn't made that second win, I probably, I think we probably all would have said the last did. Sorry, I forgot your name. <laughs> no, I, I agree. That it, it's dominating or making... Dominating and making intelligent decisions is two different things. What he did by playing Joe Mixon when everybody was down on him and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who this season everybody thought was great, he said, no, Joe Mixon is better than what we thought and Jacksonville is worse than we thought. And he put the two and two together and got 40 fantasy points. So... Great job, Puckhead. Now, you wouldn't have been the runner-up. I mean, getting the, it's very tough to beat the top two players in a week. But when you do it two different weeks, and in one week you get the first and third place overall player, you've got to show respect. So your award, Sean, is the... Which order are we, are we saying? Intelligent Dolphin or Dolphin Intelligence? The Dolphin's Intelligence Award. Your award's in the mail. So... Let's pick our positions here. 
and there's going to be two stances. You each will get one. Do you believe that it is better to have a good defense or play a bad team? Little Miss Massa? Well, I think it play a bad team first for my interview. Okay, and you think that because they, it's easier to, to trick them and to hurt them and to stop them and to outthink them and to outwit them and to all that other stuff? Well, well if you say like that, it's rude. True, and <laughs> we don't want to be rude in a game of behemoths going up against each other at full velocity, do we? Now, do you agree or do you think having a good defense is the better way to go? I think having a good defense is the better way to go because performance counts. I mean, you may think it's a bad team, but, like, you know, everybody thought the Jaguars was a good team, but you saw them. So you need to have a good defense and offense, for that matter, either way. It doesn't matter who you're up against. You know, real quick, a callback to when you were on the podcast the first time. I'm looking back on it in my mind and thinking, wow, you really love throwing shade at football. I think when you're old enough to play on your own, I think you're going to be a very good smack talker. So do you think that that's going to help you when you play this game on your own to get into your opponent's minds a little bit, that you're already just savage with it? Maybe because it's easier to with the weak-minded people. Oh, man. <laughs> um, Whew. It's easier because, yeah, let me phrase it this way. People can be fueled by intimidation or they can crumble with intimidation. <laughs> Even people with strong defense mentally can crumble with the right words. Wow. Just remember that. So you, you're just, you're providing a service. You're just delivering the intimidation. Mm-hmm. Love it. But you, you're more of a sweetheart. You think that this isn't a place to be rude and to be mean to people. We, we want to lift their spirits, right? Yeah. Do you think it's, it's just a game? Well, it depends on how you play. It, if it's just a game to you or how other people think. So that's, that's kind of like a, an option for other people too. So. so do you think that fantasy football should be played by people who are competitive or people who are playing casually? Well, it maybe we should do both because competitive it is maybe the competitive is both at the at the same time because they're also competitive but they're also playing playing casually because they they had a lot of they had a lot of practice so when they play casually if you don't mind, can I make a comment on that? Go ahead. So, adding on to what she said, I do believe also it the good. It, 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 uh, sorry, I can't talk. <laughs> it's good to have to understand both, because I mean, every human, no matter what, has competitive nature. It's just a matter of how much. Um, so I, like I think because since you know professional football. You know, you play for money, so it's good to be a little competitive, even when you're not playing for money. It's still good, because that competitive spirit is a part of what also makes it fun, as long as you don't overdo it, like DJ Fuller. Mm-hmm. Wow, and um, very good inputs, guys. And okay. Did you have anything to add, Little uh, Miss Eloise, Little Miss Wassa? That was a comment while I was still talking. She, no. she asked to interject, and we allowed her. Did you have any final thoughts? Well, I, I say. I just, I think it's lovely. I think fellow dads understand the conversation uh, that I'm having here. casually. Maybe since they had lots of practice, they're, they're really good when they're playing casually too. All right. Well, and I know you had more to say on the subject, but we, we're trying to give as many awards as we can out tonight. So uh, I think we have to look at this award, and it undoubtedly goes to CFL Johnny playing the Indianapolis Colts two weeks where they're in the top two, paired with playing the, uh, the, on the week four, playing a different team 
So it's not just that he's picking the best team. He's also picking of the options of his own team. He plays the Los Angeles Rams against the New York Giants. So he's playing the defenses right. And hopefully that reflects in his record. But in this league, with defense scoring so much, it's very important to pick the right ones regularly. And he's been doing that consistently. Your award's in the mail. I'm only doing this because we have to. But we have to talk about the quarterbacks. They are normally the highest scoring positions. So we can't ignore them as much as I would like to. Because those are always the dominating storylines on NFL.com and ESPN anyway. But in week one, you had Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson lead the way. Aaron Rodgers is furious. You want to know what happened, Little Miss Massa? Yes. During the draft... Aaron Rodgers, who is a Hall of Fame quarterback, one day in the draft, the team got to get new people, and they got a new quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers was like, are you replacing me? Are you replacing me? And that made him angry. Or or jealous, maybe. Well, whatever it is, he has been lighting up defenses now he's already a very smart player but now he's playing to prove people wrong and he has been doing it so far in the first week he got 52 points four touchdowns that's not easy i mean even even if you're facing a bad team these are all professional athletes like you guys were saying earlier so so he's doing very good but but what about his anger? What, and also, four touchdowns. If you think about it, it's not that much considering how, how you count. I love that you would be a coach that has a soft heart, but also be like, that's what you're supposed to do. Go back and do it again. You've done it once. We know you can do it. Why aren't you doing it every week? Uh, but Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so in that week, there was one other quarterback who got four touchdowns as well, and that was Russell Wilson, who has also been doing really well this year. This might be the year that he finally gets the MVP award. He has been just doing great things. Uh, So they're both... Now, Aaron Rodgers also had a couple of long bombs. He has a couple players on his team who can do that, and so does Russell. And then you have players who kind of make up for their inability with throwing with their ability to rush. So Lamar Jackson, for example... He's not just throwing it for 200 yards and three touchdowns. He's also running for 45 yards on his own, uh, really leading the teams in that. He also lost a fumble. But anyway, he was, that, that was the top three. You've got Puckhead, K-W-I-J-I-B-O, and Kevin, the fight on Dreamweaver. So those were the three leading week one. Here's how disrespected Aaron Rodgers is, though. If you look in this column... It says that he was 92% rostered, which means even though he was the best quarterback on the week, there were some people who didn't believe in him and did not start him. Didn't, he wasn't even on some, ro- some you know, rosters. <clears throat> well, Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson were 100% owned, and even Matt Ryan and Kyler Murray were 97 and 99%. In week two... We have a little bit more of a disparity because the only 100% owned quarterback was Dak Prescott. May you heal up fast, Dak. But this is when we really started to pay attention to the dominance of Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills. He was the leading scorer of Week 2 under McCaffeinated's rule with 57 points. Dak Prescott second with 53. Cam Newton, or... Cam Newton, England, now that he's on the Patriots, got 48 points and was the third leading scorer of that week. So we had McCaffinated, Annex Ladd, and CFL Johnny. None of those three names were the top three in the week prior. In week four, Mary led the week with Patrick Mahomes, which you kind of drafted him to do when you draft him really early. But we see Russell Wilson's name again, K-W-I-J-I-B-L. And Dak Prescott's name again. So we're starting to see a little bit more of a recurrence. So these guys are starting to make a consistent, regular name for themselves. 
But still, Mary led week three with Patrick Mahomes, KWIJIBO, and Annex Lad rounding out week three. Week four, Annex Lad, Mary's Marauders, and Puckhead. So again, we're seeing names being recycled. Uh, Mary's Marauders started Patrick Mahomes in week three and Tom Brady in week four. And Tom Brady was the second highest scorer of the week. This was also the week that the last playable week for Dak Prescott. Again, heal up, buddy. <clears throat> but leading, I, I have to give extra credit, my personal opinion, when not everyone starts him and you play him and he does really well, that shows a, that you're thinking about who you're starting. And you don't follow trends as much. You really just go with your gut and say, I know he's going to do well. So we'll see if everybody agrees. Okay, we've conferred. And we've decided that the winner of the quarterback chooser or the quarterback whisperer award this season is... Jerry! That's right. By starting Josh Allen in week two, obviously who you drafted, but still, starting Josh Allen in week two, when he was at 97%, shows that by now, we already kind of anticipated Aaron Rodgers with the career that he had, that he was going to have great weeks even leading the quarterbacks in any given week. So him not being started at 100% in week one, but then he's back on everybody's good side, of course. Josh Allen, you have to claim your stake. Mmm, stake. <laughs> and Josh Allen was at 97%. Not everybody believed in him. Not everybody started him. Because usually with Josh Allen, you might get people who started two quarterbacks or have two quarterbacks and have picked the other. But in this case, 57 points, four touchdowns, 400 yards, 19 yards on the ground just to add that in. But oh, a, a bomb. Make that three 40-yard completions, including a touchdown, bomb touchdown. That performance was something that you had to go after that week concluded and go, yeah, I started Josh Allen. I don't care who else did. I did. I knew I was going to win, and you did. So, McCaffeinated, your award is in the mail. So, here's what we're going to do now for the last award is we're going to look through the transactions and see if we really truly have lucky or intelligent people. Me personally, you already know that I believe this league has been made and formulated to bring the most out of the cerebellums that are preserved by watching football instead of playing it. So let's take a look here. Uh, very early on, T-Bone picked up James Robinson for two bucks on September 9th. It was a glorious move, mainly because one, he dropped the Cleveland defense, and two, James Robinson was an unproven talent that turned out to be pretty good. And it's one of those, I, I'm going to make a decision based off what I see, based off what I hope, and based off my gut as a fantasy football manager. The next week, or I mean in the, the next transaction in the same week, was picking up Jerry Judy for two bucks. So even though you wasted less money, it was still a waste. Sorry, McCaffeinated, that's a strike against you. Uh, we also have Brandon Ayuk picked up by Gary, as well as Young Hoku. It's funny when you think of these little changes that you drop who won't give you points, you pick up who will, and things either work out or they don't. So, hey girls, what name does that remind you of? And Alexander Madison was picked up by KWIJIBO, who at this point was at least two weeks worth of Dar uh, Dalvin Cook. And if you held on to him that long, smart move. Uh, the D-Town Titans picked up Devonta Freeman after there was the discussion of who would take over Saquon Barkley's role for no money. Smart move. Um... <laughs> So we see a lot of these early on. I, I feel the same way. There's nothing more than $7 I'm willing to spend this early in the season. 
because teams haven't proven themselves, let alone individual players. We see a few $7 transactions like Naeem Himes was picked up over Philip Lindsay, which in a league like this that offers return yards is a good move. But we do see Benny Snell was picked up for $15, dropping Devontae Parker. So, Johnny, Johnny, my boy, you dropped Devonta Parker. <laughs> that move in and of itself is questionable at best, like Devontae Parker's health status any given week. But, I mean, 11, 10, you know, this guy is consistent as long as he has Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the week after you drop him to waivers, he does a solid 10-point performance against Buffalo. I kind of get it, but at the same time, you picked up Benny Snell, who got you negative three points. No, no, let, let it be silent for a moment. I want that to sink in. Well, I can be savage sometimes, too. Yeah, following up a negative three performance with a 1.22 and then a buy, and then a 2.11, that's not going to win you any weeks, my friend. Again, Devontae Parker was awesome, and you dropped him. You suck. <laughs> the very next transaction, which I will applaud, was Annex Lad picking up Robbie Anderson for $5. Robbie Anderson, many of us believed, would go from the Jets to the Carolina Panthers, holding his role as a speedster stretching the field. But this guy is part of the reason that Carolina in real life is fantastic. Remember, we have undervalued Carolina because of the lack of consistency and the youth. But with the right leadership, the right direction, these guys can become a force and so far have. Now, in this case, uh, 7, 5, 9, 12, and 7 points, all following a 23-point performance, it shows that he has more real-life NFL value than fantasy football value. But still, picking him up, having him on your team, if I'm playing against Robbie Anderson in the right matchup, I would be worried. So, smart move there by Annex Lad. Got a lot of $2 bids after that. Paris Campbell, Peyton Barber, so nothing big. Boston Scott for Darius Geis. I mean, that is the most lateral move that you can ever make. Russell Gage was picked up for two bucks. Scotty Miller was picked off of waivers right before he had a fit of points, dropping Devonta Freeman that you just picked up. So you kind of admit and cut your losses, but the, hey, nine points, 15 points. If only he didn't goose after or, what was it, last night or this night? Yeah. But those two games were great, weren't they? Weren't they? D-Town. Devontae Parker was then picked up by KWIJIBO. Yeah, she can sing. I mean, at this point, we're just kind of looking through. Dion Lewis was picked up for 15 bucks. I mean, we are wasting money on the Giants over here. Um, Jarek McKinnon was picked up for 2 bucks. A smart move. At the time, you got to think, okay, give them credit for the decision he was making. Like right now, Daryl Henderson was picked up by KWIJIBO on September 21st, and he dropped Jordan Howard. Smart move. Now, is Daryl Henderson a super value? I mean, it's a three-headed timeshare, but he's the biggest head of the three heads. So again, smart move. One of the things I got to give credit for is Johnny picked up the Indianapolis Colts defense for only six bucks. Did you think that was a good move, Eloise? Yes, I did. Sure, she did. (laughs) Devonta Freeman was picked up for $10 by McCaffeinated. Jerry, what are you doing, man? $10 for Wayne Gallman? You are just throwing money away at the running back position, my dude. Yeah, I mean, previously known as Carolina Cam when he was a champion, you are not making the right financial decisions, my man. I wish I could give you waiver money back but then that would be that would be akin to a pity move that we've only ever seen by giving Tyler two awards I mean you don't want that but you do want the Indianapolis Colts defense great job CFL Johnny on that pickup and picking up Ryan Tannehill for only three bucks good move Annex Uh, Ryan Tannehill's been 
nothing but great for fantasy football. And that's what we're looking Girl, if you fall again. Oh, I know I'm raising girls, but I, I raise them to wrestle. But still, as a dad, the part of me that doesn't want them to get hurt because they're, you know, they're my daughters. They're but still. Okay. Hold on. The hardest oh, part. What's that? Wow. <laughs> That's, that was almost a dad joke. I loved it. I got it from Jesse. Show on Disney Plus, guys. Okay, spokesperson for Disney Plus over here. From Bertrand the Butler. Look, I haven't checked out who did this transaction yet, but it's Carlos Hyde dropping Wayne Gallman for $11. I swear to goodness, if I look to the right and it's Jerry, a.k.a. McCaffeinated Teddies, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I'm going to tell him never to play the stocks. I'm going to tell him to never exchange bills for quarters because he's going to get undercharged. I'm going to tell him <laughs> that he should have other people making his financial decisions for him. I swear, if this transaction is McCaffeinated Teddy's, oh, please lift your hand for the reveal. I'll tell it for you. McCaffeinated. McCaffeinated. My dude. Your money. The toilet. You're flushing. <laughs> Going down. Your plunger. You, 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 what are, did, the award, the plunger award for money down the drain no, goes. No, no. The award for most incompetent money spending. I was saying the same thing, but you added savagery to it, <laughs> and I believe it's Wait, deserved. I got a name. Yes. What you got? How about that? Let's say the. Spending money, even though you, you need bills for your house award. The caffeinated had too much yeah, caffeine. Yeah, you're going to have... <laughs> goes to that guy. You're going to have your fantasy football house utilities cut off if you keep making <laughs> decisions like this. The caffeinated. It's not I, like you need to think... Stop to drinking so much coffee. It, it makes you have do bad decisions. I will tell you this, though. You picked up Robert Tanyan for free. Smart move. I agree with that. Uh, I will give the best uh, trade award for September, which technically happened on October 1st when I approved it, but it was a September move, to the only trade that happened in September to KWIJIBO and Puckhead's team where Joe Burrow and Kenyon Drake were traded for Aaron Rodgers. Again, if you believe... First of all, that Aaron Rodgers is going to lead you to greatness. Then you trade for him. But you also, by trading two people away, if you believe in somebody on the waiver wire, you picked up a valuable asset, if, if you believe so. So I approved that trade. I wanted to make sure to explain this so that everybody could hear it equally. First of all, I only veto trades if there is proven collusion. But proven collusion does more than remove the trade. It removes a player from my league forever haven't had any of that yet thankfully because that's cheating there's very few ways to cheat in yahoo fantasy football but that's definitely one of them in my opinion you know and i i don't tolerate that here in america we don't tolerate that sir if anybody remembers the simpsons episode but that was a good trade <laughs> you remember that one yeah that was a good trade in the spirit of fantasy football, in the spirit of I do what I believe and I do what I must. So co-awards there, KWIJIBO and Puckhead's team. Uh, KWIJIBO, I hope that you remember the last episode. I, had a, I did a whole segment like a news station just to make light of your name. And Puckhead, I'm going to learn at least two hockey terms so that I can do more with yours. The only thing I can think of with Puckhead is the game mode in Rocket League. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Do you so, play Rocket League, Eloise? Well, I, I do, but I'm kind of bad at it. That's okay. And also, it's Little Miss Massa. That's right. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Veter I'm safe. Veteran Massa, I have not messed up your name yet. 
But Lord, please let it not stop. <laughs> but I will thank you each, and I will give you each one minute to to talk about something you'd like to contribute to the world as a thank you. So first, Veteran Masa, I appreciate your time here with me on this podcast. This is your second time on the podcast. Do you think this, this is something that you want to revive your role in the future or maybe even lead you to having your own podcast or video blog one day? What do you think does the future holds for Veteran Miss Masa? Well, I think I certainly, like all people, some people, have potential. <laughs> At least that's what I've been told. Um, <clears throat> anyways, I do think I could do a blog. It is work, and um, I already busy myself with a lot of other things. But I think as I get older, it'd become a little easier. And Dad, to maybe kickstart this, I have a question for you. Oh, this was not expected or scripted? Well, you, you'll get a moment, but apparently I get to talk. <laughs> I would say for the first time since I've been doing it all day. You go, Daniel. Payback. I like that. I've been accidentally slipping her name. She accidentally slipped mine, except they know mine, so that's all right. Good job. But we'll get to you in a moment. Veteran Moss, I was about to break my streak of not calling your name. Veteran Moss has a question for me. Let's see what it is. What you got? If you could give yourself one award throughout, no, not just this year, but your entire career in fantasy football, what would you give yourself and why? That is an amazing question, and I will answer it like this. What? The, The question is, if I could give myself one award... For my entire career of fantasy football, what would it be? And I would have to admit that although there's a few things that I hold a high in high regard for of myself, consistently trying to make smart decisions, start sits, trades, cuts, all of that good stuff, believe it or not, the award that I would be proud to receive would be most... And I'm thinking of a word for fueled, motivated, for somebody who's willing to go the extra mile and distance. I would love to receive the, I, the most hardworking commissioner award. And I say that because I've been doing a newsletter. This is the second season of a podcast. I, I keep up on blogs. I, every year, at least once, will have one rap newsletter article or episode every year and this year will be no different where i will do a long long i will talk about who has the best rusher this season i will talk about who has the best wide receiver of all time i will talk about who's made the riskiest choice but i will rap about it there was one newsletter season one newsletter season that I actually made an infographic where not only did I write an article, I also put in pictures, sometimes with the words around it. Sometimes I would whitewash the pictures and put them behind the words that were referring to the part of the article they were talking about. And there was one that I did like Batman fighting Superman and Green Lantern being weakened by a yellow ray. It was, it was a lot of fun because I do that for my people. This league means so much to me because it represents so many different things that I like to do well, and I think I do them well. And even if I don't, I put in that energy, and I hope that it translates to my constituents and fellow game managers. Did that answer your question? I do believe it did, and if you don't mind, just one last question. Not just for you, but for the um, people, the listeners. Okay. Is there a special something you would like him to do? Like he explained, he has, um, he does a rap every year, but is there (laughs) like maybe just a Christmas theme episode? Like somehow, because I know that's already giving him a lot of ideas. Already. His face. Uh. But just, I don't know, comment. (laughs) Whatever you would like to do, and maybe we can go over with him. I love that, and you are right. I did already come up with a few ideas, like re-changing the lyrics to Christmas songs to fantasy football related. We'll see how that works out, but I do want to close out today's podcast. I appreciate all y'all time. 
And I want to do that by asking Little Miss Masa. Thank you. If you have really? an attitude-free public service announcement that you'd like everybody to hear. Now well, is your moment. yes, I do. Um, I just want to <laughs> say, flip. if you would like to tell anyone in your family to keep your trash in the dumpster, you know your favorite salmon? They will die if you don't help. That my, my idea. We keep our trash in the dumpster or our trash can. But because the trash from the dumpster goes into the sea, which is toxic for the sea animals. So I say we keep our trash in the dumpster or the trash can. But because it'll help the sea animals survive and not die that, that often. Thank you so much for your public service announcement. And now my question for you. Oh, dun dun dun! Oh, what you I got? Inspired you, huh? <laughs> Maybe. Uh huh. All right, little sis, what you got? Well, I would say, what if you, what if you also did a Valentine's Day episode or Thanksgiving? Well, you're we're gonna be around for Thanksgiving. We could do another one. Of we shall yeah. see, but I'll tell you this much. And you could, you could, and you could make your own video for your podcast. You know and, what? And, that and, would be fun. And, and do, do a video of you and all of us for for Thanksgiving, and, and then we do our own little video for your podcast for your podcast, and you. But and we could like wait and uh, uh, this, is a this is turned into a spotlight into a floodlight. <laughs> so <laughs> I love the passion that you're bringing in. I think a lot more people need to be what, soft-hearted. Would you would you like would you like <laughs> oh, to cooperate no. with, with the community? <laughs> you <better> go <laughs> I think I think those were wonderful well. ideas, but I I do have to say this. Valentine's Day is in February, and the only meaningful football game that we see in February is the Super Bowl. So maybe I'll do a Super Bowl episode in honor of your helping me tonight. Nope, that wasn't a question. Thank you all so much for listening. Y'all have a wonderful evening. And I'm going to allow, I'm going to allow little Miss Masa to hit the stop button after I say the following two words. You ready? Yep. Pig skin on.